If you're joining us for the first time, we are in a series called what? Clarity. That's right, uh, because we are seeking the scriptures and we're trying to get clarity uh, because uh, we get this question and we begin to think about this question. Where do I fit in this complex world? And this world is pretty complex, right? And uh, not only that is, have you noticed that? Uh, in our world, uh, there was a set of jobs or roles, and even over the past, say, 20 years, there's brand new jobs, almost a brand new society, a brand new way of doing things, and it can bring excitement, right? But it can also bring a little uncertainty of, well, if this is all new, how do I navigate this? What does this look like? And how do I find answers to those questions? And sometimes it can feel pretty heavy. And uh, the first week uh, we dove in and talked about being a spirit-led follower and if we can get that foundation right that's where all the other things flow if I can follow the spirit and be fully confident in what God wants me to do he'll lead me in those avenues and then we started talking about three different pathways um, of which we can go in the last week uh, we dove in together does anybody know anybody remember what we talked about last week? No? Okay, that's cool. Uh, but, no, that's all right. But last week, we dove in together and began to understand what it looks like to live the intentional life of how we can be intentional with all the different relational circles that are around us. One is how we can be intentional relationship with God. And then those who are in our close knit circle, our church family, and then those who are our friends around our neighborhood. And then God calls us even further than that. How do we live intentional with those who we consider to be enemies as well? So God just kind of stretches us and challenges us all the way through those relational circles. And then Today, uh, we're talking about how are you and I called to be a humble guide, a humble guide. And I, I'm telling you, uh, this particular week, we could spend a whole year just talking on this and all the nuances and details. And so we're just trying to create some clarity today on that calling and on. And my prayer is by the end of this message that you feel uh, encouraged and challenged and inspired to say, you know what? I need to be a humble God. I, I need to dive in head first of this because there is so much purpose and hope uh, when we do this. But I just want to pray for us, ask God to speak to us during this time. Uh, our base verse today is in Matthew chapter 4, Matthew chapter 4. Uh, we have a, a few different supporting verses, but that's where we're going to be mainly. We're going to put it on the screens for you as well, but uh, let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. We are incredibly thankful for your word, incredibly thankful for your truth, and thank you for each and every person that is here today. And God, we know that Mother's Day can uh, come with many different emotions, of, with celebration, with anticipation, but it also can come with a heavy weight. It could come with uh, of, of unmet expectations, God. It can also come with the, the heaviness of grief or loss. It could come with the heaviness of, uh, God, this is not the way that I expected it to turn out or whatever that may be. God, I just pray uh, that in this moment, in this time, you know where each individual is right now in their current season. God, in the Holy Spirit, we know that you are so good that you can rest and comfort, and heal, and work in each individual life. You can take the weight, you can take the burden, God, and we're just praying that you do that. 
We pray and if maybe those are feeling the mixed emotions of one celebrating, but yet also still carrying it, God, that you are big enough for all of those emotions, for all of what that may look like. And we're just resting and leaning on you. God, I pray that I will decrease so that you may increase. I pray that you will speak to our hearts. We ask all this in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. And so as you hear these two words put together, humble guide, you may be asking yourself or looking at this question of going, why do I need to be a humble guide? What does a humble guide even look like? And why has God called us to be a humble guide? And as you can see, uh, for you in the house, uh, do you remember when you get ready to go to work or maybe you're getting ready to leave work and you're leaving your team or leaving your coworker, or maybe you're getting ready to leave your family and right before you leave, you turn around and you tell them a few set of instructions, right? And it probably depends on what it is. It could be, hey, don't forget that project, the deadline is tomorrow at 6 p.m., right? Like you just want to leave them with that. Hey, hey, don't forget tomorrow it's so-and-so's birthday, so we're going to do this and coordinate all of this, right? If you are talking to your kids, you could be leaving the house and going, hey, remember you need to behave. Remember who you are. Like remember, don't say this or, hey, you're going to see so-and-so today, whatever it may be. They could be going to school, right? They could be sprinting out the door, and then here you are right behind them. Don't forget your laptop, right? or whatever it is it's you know they use laptops these days but all these things right like you're just chasing after them and but it's whenever we switch it's like we turn and we make this declarative statement hey don't forget this is the main thing right now this is the big thing that i want you to get and jesus does the same thing with his followers he does the same thing with his disciples you see he went to the cross we just had easter right we celebrated how jesus death on the cross he paid for our sins and three days later he rose again from the dead and then the bible tells us he appeared to over 500 people over 500 different followers he had meals with them all of these different things and then he gets ready to ascend back into heaven and it's like jesus is leaving he's like hey hey, don't forget this remember this is what i want you to do remember this is kind of the culmination of the last three years that i've been investing in you don't forget this and we call it uh the great commission where jesus looks at his followers and he says i want you to therefore go and make disciples of all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then I want you to teach them to obey all my commandments, right? He gives them this command. He says, remember this. If you, if you forget some of the other little details, the Holy Spirit's going to lead you. But remember this one thing. I want you to therefore go and make disciples now. But if we think about that, um, we're, we're honest with each other. We're family here, right? We're in this thing together. So we can be honest, right? And if we hear that, therefore, go. Like if I were to look at you and say, okay, tomorrow's Monday. Go and make disciples, right? Like we almost like, uh, uh, like, like tomorrow? Like now? Like what, what, do you, what do I say? What do I do? Like how do you want me to do? Like it creates a lot of questions, right? Like where do I, I mean, this thing is thick. This is Alan's Bible. This is real thick, right? Like this is like, how do I, like what do I, how do I navigate this, right? All of these questions and it can come with the feelings of, wait a second, God, I'm not ready. I can't do this. Like, you don't know me. Like, I cannot be a disciple maker. I cannot be a humble guy. What does this look like? I, I'm not like the disciples. I'm not like Peter who walks through the crowd and goes, in the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. And people stand up and walk. I can't go to the local synagogue and begin to proclaim the way that they were. I can't do this. 
And I want, you to, I want you to look at this for a few minutes. I want to start here because in James chapter 5, there's an incredible reminder that James gives you and I. And he says this in James chapter 5, verse 17. He says, Elijah, if you know who Elijah is, he's an Old Testament prophet. And in fact, he was one of those bold guys who, uh, when he prayed, I'm talking about crazy, supernatural things happened. He once prayed that fire would come down from heaven and literal fire came down from heaven and burnt up an altar, right? Like he was facing all of these other prophets of Baal who were worshiping this other God. And he did all of these incredible feats. And then James chapter five, he reminds us, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. It said Elijah was a man, and some translations say Elijah was a man just like us. He was a man, he, the, the nature that this, this translation is talking about, that he was in the flesh. He still had a mind, heart, emotions, all of those things. But God used him in incredible ways because his faith in who God was. And he was willing to step out and look kind of crazy and honestly risk his life. And then even in the New Testament now, we see that the disciples, they start in the book of Acts. Uh, they believe what Jesus says. Okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to do what you've trained us to do. I'm going to do what you've called us to do. And they start speaking up in the synagogues. They start preaching and talking and interacting with people, discipling people. And other people make this observation about the early disciples. You guys ready for this acts chapter 4 verse 13 it says now when they saw the boldness of peter and john they perceived that they were uneducated common men and they were astonished and they recognized that they had been with jesus people looked at the boldness of peter and john and they said wow they are so bold their belief in god like i can't believe it but they also said oh but I can tell they're common men. You know, they're, they're just the, the regular Joes. They're, they're un, look at this. They made the observation they were uneducated. I don't know if it was the way they talked. I don't know if it was how they connected with people. But they knew they could look at them and go, oh, they have definitely not been to school. You know, like they, it's like they're no, they don't talk like the religious leaders. They don't like all of these things, right? And they made that observation. And you and I can look at that and go, oh. Maybe I, maybe I don't have the full seminary degree or maybe I don't. You know, I just feel like I'm an ordinary person. And I would say, you're right. I'm like we are all in that same boat. But you and I serve an extraordinary God. And I believe that God set this up so that when you and I would have faith in him to take him at his word and to live out the God-given calling that he has given us. He is the one who empowers us. He is the one that brings the power and the, the strength that we need to go out and to be disciples, to be a humble guide for those who are around us. And when you and I begin to do that work for God, other people can go, wow, you're like, you're like a normal person like me. I mean, you're, you're, you're stay at home like me. You work nine to five like me. You, you uh, drive a bus. You are a school teacher. You are, you know, all, you're a school student. Like, how can you do this? And you and I can look back. And my prayer is that they make the same observation that they did here in Acts chapter four. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. That was 
the game changer. That is what, that is the hinge pin. And my prayer at the end of my life, right, when you guys are partying and I'm partying because I'm in heaven, like we're celebrating together, right? Like when we're together, I hope that they, at the end of the day, people will go, you know what? I don't know a whole lot about Daniel, but I know that he has been with Jesus, right? Like all of us, we have the ability to do that, to say, you know what? I am pursuing Jesus with everything that I have, and Jesus is going to follow me and let me help shape you into the image that I've called you to, right? And that takes us all the way back to the incredible calling. And I hope that after reading these verses, because sometimes we can idolize uh, the early disciples, right, and the early apostles, we can look at them and read scripture and go, whew, Wow, they're like super holy, right? Like they are super human. I can't even relate to them. A God, like that is just, they're two different worlds. God gave them this incredible, like a different gifting. They have the same Holy Spirit that you and I have that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. And so I hope that you and I can see that every believer is called to be a humble God. And as you hear those words, humble God, I'm using them interchangeably as a disciple maker. So if you grew up in church, you've heard a disciple. I'm called to be a disciple and to make a disciple. It's the same as being a humble guide, right? Because sometimes the word disciple, um, it comes with a little bit of muddiness, right? It, it comes with, it can, it can be a tradition, can be attached to it. It could be, oh, this is how I'm a disciple because I watched generations before me do it this particular way. And I just want us to get back to like the pure clarity. Let me read scripture and let me look at this in the purest form of going, okay, I want to be a humble guide, which is a disciple, right? A follower of Jesus. And uh, every, if you're taking notes, every believer is called to be a humble guy. Every believer is called to be a humble guy. And we see this because Jesus takes the men who we just saw in Acts chapter 4, right? And he begins to mold them and shape them and power them as they have faith in him. And he begins to give them purpose. But that's not where he found them. And we're going to go in Matthew chapter 4. And we're going to see where Jesus found these early disciples, these early apostles in Matthew chapter 4. And so this is Jesus. This is Jesus right at the beginning of his ministry. He's fresh off, right? Like no, not everybody knows. He hasn't done many miracles here at this point. In Acts chapter 4, verse 18. Everybody okay? All right. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, this is Jesus. So while he's walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea. For they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, of son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. What a beautiful picture. And if we read this, uh, back in those times, a Jewish rabbi, they would pick disciples. And they would pick people to say, hey, uh, you know what? I want you to come follow me for this extended period of time. I want you to learn from me as your teacher, as your rabbi. And so Jesus is kind of walking in this same tradition. And so for you and I, it seems pretty crazy for me to walk to your job and go, hey, Tim, I want you to follow me. And Tim goes, all right, guy, I quit. See you later, right? And just walk out the door. And we go, walk 
walking off down this 278 or whatever it is, right? Like that sounds kind of crazy, but in this culture, in this day of time, um, it, it still is a bold faith step, but it was a little more common for people around to go, oh, so now you're, you're studying to be in this ministry, right? You're studying to walk with this person, Jesus. And so this is what Jesus is doing. And the disciples begin to leave what they believed, probably they thought they were going to do for the rest of their lives. And most people uh, believe, especially in the Jewish culture, by the age of 20, they, it was almost this expectation that Jewish men would get married. And so uh, a lot of scholars believe that the disciples could have been as young as 15 years old all the way up through 20. So uh, we're not talking about people who have been uh, full on. And, of course, this is not fully confirmed, but there's different pieces that we can piece together in the the, uh, scholars as they study history and study this uh, particular piece of scripture. But we see this, right? We see what God is doing, and he begins to take these group of young men, right, almost like a, a youth group because the only person that we are confirmed uh, know that who was married is Peter and he's the only one that's confirmed that we know is married some maybe think John maybe was but nobody's uh, 100% sure because it's not that clear in the Bible but we know that and so Peter was probably a little older at that age at that that uh, pivotal time in his life and so we see these disciples and Jesus goes up to them, and he doesn't go to the, to the Pharisees, right? He doesn't go to the religious school and go, you know what? Tell me who your best 12 students are, and then I want to use, I want to recruit them to be on my team. He doesn't even go to the seminary, right? No, he goes out onto a boat, and he finds these fishermen whose hands and their clothing, they smell like fish. They have been out in the sun working and toiling. The Bible says they were mending their nets, and Jesus goes, aha, now this, these are some, this is a good group of men right here. Let me call them. I want you to come follow me. And Jesus gives us some incredible truth for you and I. If we want to be a humble God, Matthew 419 is an incredible verse because Jesus says this, I want you to follow me and I will make you fishers of men. If we look at this first off, he says, I want you to follow me. You and I, we have to make the decision to follow Jesus, right? The Holy Spirit begins to convict us begins to draw us in but you and I have to go you know what I'm ready to follow Jesus and then he does says this he says I will make you I love that Jesus is going look you don't know all the answers I'm sure Peter who spoke up and began to talk is like Jesus I don't know enough I can't do this I can't what am I supposed to do he's like just I want you to trust me. I want you to follow me. Get as close to me as you can. And I'm going to take you on this journey. And I will make you. You may be sitting here wondering, going, God, I can't be a humble God. I can't be a disciple maker. God, you can't use me to invest in someone else, to teach someone else. And Jesus goes, hey, follow me. Get as close to me as you can. And I will make you, right? Like I will shape you. I will transform you. The Holy Spirit will begin to do a mighty work in you. If you will just follow me, Jesus is saying, fix your eyes, who is the author and perfecter of our faith, right? Jesus is saying, stay close to me and I will make you. And then I love this. He said he doesn't say, I'm just going to make you so that you can show up to church or show up and uh, at this Bible study, which all those things are incredible. And that's part of the I will make you process. But he gives us a calling and a purpose. He gives the disciples a calling. He says, hey, come follow me and I'm going to make you into a fisher of men. 
Jesus, being the great teacher that he is, he says, yo, you're a fisherman. You're not only going to fish for people, but I'm gonna, I mean, you're not going to fish just for fish, but I'm going to help you fish for people. I'm going to help you go out and to draw people into the kingdom of God. And you and I, he's given you that same calling. He says that to you. He says that to me. He says, hey, I want you to come follow me. Trust me. Have enough faith in me to know that I will make you into the, the humble guy, the disciple maker that I believe you can be, who I died on the cross and rose again. I'm going to empower you, and I'm going to make you fishers of men. That you and I had that same calling. And that was part of their purpose that they could walk and understand that. And you and I, if you're taking notes, a humble guide follows Christ. And um, we see this incredible piece of scripture. He says, Jesus, I love this. Jesus is trying to get heaven on earth through his church. And he's calling you and he says, we are people who are ambassadors for the kingdom of God, who are called to be a humble guy, who are called to help walk in God's purpose and walk in God's hope. And I, I see this picture. And I want to remind us of this story in the Bible. Jacob's has referred to it a, a few times here in scripture. And uh, this same person that who he called here, he says, hey, Peter, I want you to follow me, and I want to make you fishers of men. And we know later on, if you were here for the Easter story, we know that Peter uh, was confronted at Jesus' death and res or death, and uh, as he was arrested. And he says, hey, weren't you a follower of Jesus? And Peter said, no, no, I don't know him. And he denied Jesus three times, and he walks away. Peter walks away crying because Jesus says, hey, Peter, you're going to deny me. But then we see in John chapter 21. It may be, maybe, don't hold me accountable, may be my favorite chapter in the Bible. John chapter 21, Peter is out fishing again where Jesus first found him three years prior to this. And Peter lost, confused, probably asking the question, where do I fit in this complex world? Jesus is gone. I don't know what to do, but what I do know what to do, I know how to fish. So I'm, I'm going to go out. I'm just going to start fishing, right? And Jesus comes in his resurrected body. He comes out on the seashore and he calls out, hey, have you guys caught any fish? And Peter's like, well, I've been fishing all night. I'm a professional fisherman. We haven't caught anything. And Jesus goes, hey, you, he doesn't say this, but I, I like to add in, hey, you want to try it my way? Throw your net on the other side. Throw your net on the other side. Let me, let, me just, let me just remind you who I am a little bit here. Don't you love those moments of life where God's like, hey, just let me remind you of who I am. I just want you to see so that you will trust me, right? Like I call it like a God wink or a God, I like to say God flex. You know, like all of a sudden you're just like, whoa, 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 you are way bigger, way more powerful. You care way more about the details than I ever thought or imagined, right? And we see those and we hold on to those moments of remembering who God is, and he says, hey, why don't you try it my way? Cast your nets on the other side. And so many fish pile into the net that the net begins to break. They can't even pull themselves in. And Peter realizes this is Jesus. This is the man who I followed for three years, and he dives into the Lord. He swims into Jesus, and then they have this super spiritual moment. They eat breakfast, right? Sounds crazy. Jesus fillets some fish up, and they eat together. And they have this conversation. And this is why this is so profound and so big to me. Because I see myself in Peter, right? Like the Bible doesn't depict him as perfect, this super holy man. No, like two days ago, he cut a guy's ear off. 
right? Like that, that's Peter. Like he wears his heart on his sleeve. He's like, you're not taking my Jesus. Pulls his sword out, right? And he's like, I'm taking it and cuts the guy's ear off. Jesus is like, whoa, let's calm down. That, you're missing the point here, Peter. Like this is the reason I have came. And we see this same Peter sitting there fishing, his hands probably numb, trying to pull these nets in. He's trying to work with everything that he has. And Jesus sits down next to him and goes, hey, Peter, what are you doing? You remember the last three years, how you were following me? And but Peter, you remember everything I taught you? But what was the first thing that I said to you? He said, follow me and you will make me into a fisher of men. And he looks at Peter and goes, Peter, 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 what are you doing? You're fishing for fish again. I, I've called you to this purpose. I've called you. And he, and he asked him this question. He says, Peter, do you love me? Right. How interesting that Jesus goes back to do you love me? He doesn't say, hey, Peter, I've given you a checklist. Who, who are your disciples? What's your church look like? What is it? No, he goes, all he asks is, do you love me? Peter goes, God, you know I love you. And he says, well, feed my sheep. And then he asks him again as a good teacher. Hey, Peter, do you love me? God, you know, you, you know I love you. Then feed my sheep. And then he asks him a third time. And this wrecks Peter. Because this part of Peter's prophecy of denying him three times. And Jesus goes, wait a second. I just want to create some clarity here. Do you love me? And I'm sure Peter's head just dropped. Like, God, Jesus, you know I do. And then he looks Peter in the eyes. And he says, then feed my sheep. Right? And then feed my, then live into your calling. If you want to fish to, to earn some money on the side, then, then fish. But don't forget what I've called you to do. You are called to be a fisher of men. Don't forget the prophecy that I spoke over you that your name is Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. This is what I've called you to do. He's like, if you will follow me, live into your calling. If you want to fish for a few moments, then fish. But don't forget that I've given you a higher purpose to be a humble guy, to be a disciple maker, to Help other people experience what you just experienced for the last three years. That is that their hope and God's love for us is not based off what we do, but is based off our faith in who Jesus is. And he's saying, take that burden off. Help other people take that burden off. And we see this picture. It's like, don't forget, you're called to be a disciple maker. You're called to be a humble guy. And the reason I see myself in Peter so much is because the world is so complex and Daniel Kasnay is the king of busy. OK, like I can find some things to do, right? Like I can find some things for my kids to do. I can find some things for my family, for my friends. Like, come on, we can do this. We can do this. Monday's this. Tuesday's here. Right. I can pack the schedule full. Right. And I just every once in a while, it's like the Holy Spirit sends me down and go, hey, Daniel. Yeah, all that stuff's great. That's awesome. Yeah, keep doing, keep going. Yeah. But are you are you leaning into your God-given calling? Not talking about as a pastor. I'm talking about as a disciple 
of Christ. And I believe he's sitting down with every single one of us going, okay, yeah, this world is complex. There is so much going on, but let me just give you some clarity. Let me help you to say, are we doing what God has called us to do, to be the disciple maker, to call to be the humble guy. Because when we step into that and we experience God using us, helping somebody take their burden off, experience freedom for the first time. If we experience that moment where we see the Holy Spirit working through us and a light bulb clicks in somebody else's mind because the Holy Spirit's working in their heart. I'm telling you something in your soul. It's like drinking cold water on a hot day. It's just like, wow, this This is what I've been waiting on. This is incredible. This is fulfilling. In fact, the disciples, they were saying, this is what I'll give my life for. I will literally die for this calling. I I don't know about you, but there's not many jobs out there that I'm like, I'll give my life for, right? But the, the disciples here, they were like, you know what? No matter what my vocation is, my purpose is to be a humble guy. No matter what I do to make money is there, if I'm a student, whatever it may look like, but I know my ultimate purpose purpose is to be a humble guy and I'm going to get as close to Jesus as I can and as and since I've been walking with him for six months maybe I can find somebody that's been walking with him for a month right and I'm helping as a humble guy to them and I'm walking with them and every single purpose at the moment of our salvation we try to dive into who God has called us to be right and we're following as closely to him and as he changes us and shapes us now God is saying I want you to be a humble guide as well. I want you to help somebody else out of the darkness. I want you to help be that light for somebody who was walking around and they can't find themselves and they're carrying this heavy burden in life and they're going, I, I don't even know if I'm going to make it. And you and I, we're standing there with a the flashlight going, hey, can let me connect you to Jesus? Hey, look, look, I don't have all the answers. I'm just the humble guide. I'm here following Jesus, right? Like, follow me. Just stay as close to me. If you look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, uh, uh, the apostle Paul says, follow me. As I follow Christ, right? He's saying, I'm headed towards Jesus. I'm going to be your guy. Just get close to me. We're going to move towards Jesus. That's a little bit of accountability, right? For you and I to go, I better be following Jesus because other people are following me. And that's as God's called us to lead and help and make disciples in those moments. And so we may be asking the question, and then I'm going to close because I'm not preaching long again this week. Y'all guys get me excited every week. But anyway, um, I want to give us five key areas where we can be a humble guy because sometimes it's like okay how do I be a humble guy what what do I teach what do I do what do I lean into what do I navigate and I say the word teach and I'm not talking about on Sunday morning get up on stage and preach this sermon I'm talking about when you're at lunch at work and you're having a conversation or you're uh, talking with your kids or if you're a student you're talking with your friends at school like you may be a humble guide and you're calling is just as important. You're calling because God's placed that on you. And this when he says go, therefore go and make disciples. When we leave this place, we are going. And we are called to be humble guys where we're going. So I want to give us five things. Um, I had four. And then I felt like the Holy Spirit just kind of leaned in on the fifth one there. And was like, hey, I, this, is, this is a big one. So the first one is, uh, the fir- as we talked about the very first week, how, we want to help people answer this question. How do I live 
a spirit-led life? How do I live a spirit-led life? And if you're, at, if you're in your mind going, wait, how do, how do I live a spirit-filled life? We did a whole message on it two weeks ago. So I'd love you to dive into that. Maybe you want to take some notes and begin to live into that, begin to model that so that you can mentor somebody else. And how do I live a spirit-filled life? Because as soon as somebody comes to know Christ, we want to begin to teach them of going, okay, here's how you follow God. Here's how you yield to the Spirit. Here's how you walk with Him. As a parent, as a friend, out of all of these things, right, all the intentional circles, I want to lead people this way as a humble guy. The, the other one is, so how do I read the Bible and understand it? How do I read the Bible and understand it? And so if you're, if you're asking yourself this question of going, well, I don't know. My encouragement to you is as we begin to have these conversations, begin to jump in, find you a humble guide, right? That's guiding and directing you. We don't have to have all the answers, but I've just got a little bit of clarity that I can help someone else. And the next one is, is how should I pray? When Jesus followed his disciples, right, the disciples picked up on something with Jesus. They were like, hey, we've been praying as a Jewish uh, follower our whole life, but when you pray, it's a little different. Can you teach us how to pray? And so Jesus teaches them how to pray. He walks with them in that. And then how do I live in godly community? How do I live in godly community? And then this is the fifth one here. You guys ready? Drum roll. I'm just kidding. How do I navigate through this pain? How do I navigate through this pain? You have a story of, that is unique to you. You have a story that I don't have. And we all have this story, this pain that God has brought us through. That Jesus helped us navigate through. And there may be somebody else who is heading into that same pain. And they're going, I don't know. I don't know. I'm in the thick of it. I don't know which way is up. I don't know which way is down. Everything is dark. And you and I, we have an immediate connection with somebody who has walked through that pain. And all of a sudden, we can walk up right next to them and go, hey, I actually do understand because this is the pain that I walk through and I'm here you don't even have to say these words but hey I, I can be your humble guide I don't have all the answers but I can help you at least understand a little bit of how I walked through this how I lost that loved one and it and it tore my heart out from my chest like all right like how it wrecked me how I didn't even want to come out of my room and I just I, I need you to know that I've been there but God led me out, and I want to be here for you to help lead you out. Maybe you had a, an incredibly rough childhood, or you had an incredibly uh, rough youth, you know, middle school or high school days, and it just seemed terrible, but yet now God's kind of helped navigate you through that, and you're like, you know what, I don't want somebody else to go through that. How I felt alone, I don't want another kid to feel like they're walking through it alone. And so immediately you have a connection to invest in the next generation of going, you know what, I, I've navigated, God showed me how to navigate through this pain. You, you, it, there's a multiple different things. And Rick Warren says this, that sometimes our greatest ministry comes out of our greatest pain. And it's because God's done something in you. God's done something through you. Maybe, maybe th there's all kinds of different pinpoints in your life. Maybe you were a kid who grew up without a dad. 
or grew up without uh, a mom or a dad. Maybe you were, uh, went through adoption or went through foster care or whatever it is. And you have those moments, right, where you can step into someone's life directly and go, hey, I'm, gonna hear, I'm, I'm here to help guide you. I'm following Jesus. I don't have all the answers, but I'm, I'm a humble guide. I, I don't have it all figured out, but I want you to know that God loves you so much. And I think he put us in our lives for this moment that I can help guide you. And so you and I, we have this incredible opportunity to be intentional, step into their season and go, hey, can I guide you? Can I help you in this? What an honor for you and I that we get to wake up on Monday, tomorrow, right? And God's go, hey, I've given you some clarity. I've given you some hope. I've given you a little bit of light. Now I want you to give that light to somebody else. I want you to help somebody else navigate through what that looks like. And now we have a little bit of clarity on the purpose that God has called us to. I don't know about you, but I will give my life to that. I will give everything to help somebody else who's in this incredible pain of going, hey, Jesus can help with that. Jesus can help take that burden off. And it may not feel like it right now, but he loves you deeply. And he's in the fire with you. And he will give you strength. It's going to be, it may be just be one day at a time, but he will give you strength. I mean, may, I'm just spitballing now, so y'all got to stay with me here a little bit. And we're going to pray together. But maybe you're a parent who's had a kid that has kind of ran astray or ran to the side. And you know what that weight and you know what it feels like to sit in a room praying at night. God, help my kid, right? You know what that feels like. To know somebody else, you can step in and go, hey, we're, I'm going to pray with you in this. We're going we're gonna to navigate through it. We're going to study scripture together. I'm, I'm here. Look, you can't hold yourself up. I'm going to hold yourself up. We're going to walk this thing together. God is real. God can help us in those darkest moments as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, right? I will fear no evil because God is with us. He's with you. He will empower you. Follow me, and I will make you into fishers of men. There are many times in our life, there is, and then I'm going to close, I promise. But there are many moments in our life. There's One of my favorite declarations is pain is my friend. For some reason, God, welcome to Mother's Day. Anyway, uh, there's some reason on this earth that pain is a growth accelerator. Pain is an instant connector. And when you and I, we don't shy away from it. When we feel that, we know, okay, I want to step into it with you. It points to this, there's this different supernatural way of life. And you're going, because this world is not our home. His, his name is Jesus. And this, he wants you to experience just a little piece of heaven through me. And God can use you to do that. And it's an incredible, life-changing calling. As we celebrate what that looks like and we lean into it, we get ultimate clarity of what God has called us to. And so I want to pray for us as a church.
I want to pray that God begins to speak to our hearts. Maybe we begin to pray and ask God, say, God, what are some of those moments that you have brought me through in my life that I know I can step into somebody else's life? I'm telling you, the, an evangelism tool that is a game changer for you is to listen. I call them trigger words, right? If somebody goes, hey, um, I, I'm new to the area and I just don't know anybody. That's a, that's a trigger word for me. I'm like, oh, hey, I, hey, I was new too. I understand what it feels like just to be wandering around, driving around, lost because all the signs are hidden in trees, right? Like, I understand, right? Like, you, we can step into those moments when we hear somebody else's pain. We hear somebody else's like, you know what? Uh, my kid's going through this, and you already know because we prayed about it. God's given some clarity over it. My kid's going through this. All of a sudden, boom, I can step into it. It's, it's, I know it. Hey, God, hey. Look, I don't know where you stand on your relationship with God or what that looks like, but I just want you to know what brought me through my pain. And it's my relationship with God. And he gave me strength. He gave me clarity. He gave me hope. In fact, he gave me this family called church. Ooh, and they helped me through it too. And he can do the same for you. I'd love to talk to you about it. I'm going to be praying for you, okay? You know, just right there in that moment, you're planting that seed of how God is working in that and through you. And it begins to be contagious. All of a sudden, you're at night uh, on your knees beside your bed going, God, please give me another opportunity like that. Help use me, God. I, I had to relive it for a moment, but God, it was worth it to help them through it. And help me, God. Give me strength. Give me clarity. Give me hope. Continue to help me in this, God. And so let's pray together as a church. God, we love you. We praise you. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for your truth. God, thank you for calling us out of darkness, setting us free, giving us hope. And God, I pray that you would give clarity over each and every person in their lives, God. God, I pray that you encourage them. I pray that they feel your presence now. I pray that, God, that you would move in a mighty way in their life, God. I pray that you would bind the enemy. I pray that they would take the weight off of the burden they're carrying right now in Jesus' name. God, I, I pray that we trust that, that you hold our lives in your hands and we trust you with our life, with our decisions and everything that is before us, God. I pray that we remember who we are in Christ, that we are royal priesthood, a chosen people. We have a calling, we have a purpose, God, and it is getting crystal clear for us every day and i pray that the holy spirit gives us strength gives us direction god i pray that you place people in our path and i pray that we step out just like in acts chapter 4 like peter and john with boldness god even though we're uneducated common people god I pray use us for your glory we ask all this in jesus name we pray and everybody said amen let's stand and worship together Thank you for tuning in to the Bridge Church Podcast. If you would like to find out more information about our church, you can simply visit our website at thebridgebluffton.com. Have a blessed day.